Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are looking at the episode where Jesus interacts with the Canaanite woman. This is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, and also Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. Follow along with us in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, beginning in verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. We have another healing story. Uh, We've had many of these, but this one is significantly different. Jesus is now retiring uh, from his public ministry. He's um, going away. He's gone to Tyre and Sidon. So there, there's a big change uh, here in this story. Where is Tyre and Sidon? What, what, is this a place in Israel? It is just north of Israel by the Mediterranean Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, called in history Phoenicia. Uh, it is a traditional uh, co-op of two prominent uh, uh, cities, Tyre and Sidon. Uh, which uh, were the capital of all navigators in antiquity, the best navigators uh, in history. Uh, Even uh, David and Solomon cooperated with them, and they were uh, allies, and they helped build, uh, uh, you know, Jerusalem. Yeah, send supplies down for the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, Here we have this Canaanite woman, um, and now... What is a Canaanite woman? Um, Canaanites are the people who used to live in Palestine before it was repurposed as the Holy Land Mm -hmm. for the people of the covenant that was the people of Israel. And uh, some of them were cleared, right, by the conquest of of the seven nations of Canaan, but some still remained there. Yeah. So they cohabited with the people of Israel. The Jews called them Gentiles, non-Jewish people, and they tried to stay away from them, especially the conservative Jews. And there were a lot of uh, prejudices against them. Um, in, in the Jewish mindset, the Canaanites were dogs or enemies, or they, they weren't at the same level as the Jews. They are not considered worthy Mm -hmm. of uh, being saved by God 
of being invited into his kingdom. Yeah, and, and so Jesus now has this interaction, and as she's crying out, Oh Lord, Son of David, she's using his, a messianic title. His messianic title. Um, she obviously knows who he is. Um, this is how Jesus Christ was received on Palm Sunday in Jerusalem as a king, as a son of David, as Messiah who was supposed to come. In him not answering her, do you think he was waiting to see what his disciples would say? It seems that because the disciples right away played into this silence mm -hmm. and uh, they said, uh, send her away. They began to beg Jesus, right? That was yeah. very intense begging. They, they came and begged Jesus saying, send her away for she is crying out after us. Yeah, so this was not just a comment. Hey, why don't you send her away? This is please send her away because mm -hmm. cry she's crying out after us. They wanted her gone. And it's very interesting how Jesus Christ answered the disciples. Mm -hmm. He answered them after they said, send her away. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And by the way, Jesus Christ said that before, that is mm -hmm. his ministry. And also he trained the disciples, the 12 and the 72, yeah. to go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah. So Jesus Christ is playing in their previous knowledge uh, maybe in some uh, in their prejudices but she comes up she kneels down before him and says lord help me and so jesus continues playing into this um it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs but this time jesus talks to her yes and i i'm wondering how many times she was called a dog by an israelite in her life Mm -hmm. or at least heard of other people being called a dog by an Israelite. You know, I'm sure she would have um, dealt with the racism and, and uh, everything coming her way for, from being a Canaanite. And a woman. And a woman. Um, so she would have been aware of these. And Jesus is playing into this. Is he being mean? Is he being racist? What, what's going on here? They are called dogs, maybe not primarily as being subhumans, mm -hmm. but primarily of being unclean. And uh, they are not supposed to associate with them, to touch them, to um, eat in their houses, to sleep in their beds, to stay away from them the same way they will not uh, touch a dog. Yeah. If we look at the whole, the whole picture and how this event ended by healing her daughter. And if we look at the whole picture about who Jesus is in every circumstance, it seems that here Jesus Christ is primarily playing with the disciples' preconceived ideas. Mm -hmm. And he is uh, performing this uh, miracle, talking to this woman but at the same time focusing on his disciples and he's speaking their language. Yeah, there's a, a term called cognitive dissidence. And this is um, where we challenge a preconceived notion or belief in our, our minds. And to challenge someone, uh, one of their worldviews or core values, you don't just do it one time overnight. It, it takes time to build this dissidence into there, this, this dissent 
of thinking. And I think we find Jesus here continuing to play into this because we saw it with the Canaanite women, woman. We see it in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, we see it throughout just these little packets of information Jesus is sharing to show that the Canaanites are special, uh, that, that God came to save them as well. Mm-hmm. A quick remark about the context of this event. Yeah. Jesus Christ had three previous encounters with non-Jewish people who have been healed. Mm-hmm. Remember the Samaritan woman by the well in mm-hmm. John chapter 4? Next is the uh, centurion servant who was uh, healed remotely. You can say that uh, the Samaritan woman was, you know, they inbreeded with the Jews, they are half Jews. Yeah. About the centurion, you can say that uh, he loved the Lord and he was a believer in God. He helped build the synagogue. Mm-hmm. He was well spoken and regarded and respected by the Jewish leaders of the community. The next, the third time Jesus Christ uh, uh, healed someone who was not Jewish is those two demon-possessed people living in a cemetery in Gadara. Yeah. And you can say that Jesus Christ uh, was kind of uh, coming up with a solution for a very uh, urgent situation because they are attacking him and Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ has cast out those demons. So you can find some... Uh, circumstances that uh, explain somehow the previous three events but this one it's open it's a direct dialogue Mm -hmm. it is Jesus Christ being in her territory Uh, and it is Jesus Christ little by little transitioning from the disciples understanding they begged him saying send her away little by little transitioning towards what you just said a complete embracing of everyone as being worthy yeah. uh, to be in the kingdom of God, of, uh, of being worthy to receive salvation, uh, of being worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the invitation come to me. Yeah, and, and her response to Jesus is, you know, yes, even dogs eat crumbs, so just give me a little, you know. Just, she, she had such faith that Jesus could do it, uh, that even a little bit of crumb-type miracle would be enough for her. I like how she humbled herself Mm -hmm. and accepted this role, the humiliating role applied to them by the Jews. And this is uh, humility as we studied in Matthew chapter 11 uh, about the yoke of Jesus Christ that keeps us close to himself to learn humility. Yeah. And humility is the antidote of arrogance and pride and exaltation demonstrated by Lucifer in heaven. This was an indicator for Jesus that she is ready mm-hmm. for this miracle to, miracle to happen. And at the same time, that this is the best open lesson for his disciples. So what does this passage tell us about God? I see in this story... I see a Jesus who really loves everyone, but very careful to help his disciples transition gradually, not to scare them into preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. And I see how much patience Jesus has, um, using, as you mentioned, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, Later, 
telling that the gospel should be preached to every nation and every tribe and, and the whole world, right? In, mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, in Samaria, to the end of the world. And uh, even later in the book of Revelation, that is another gospel of Jesus Christ dictated by him himself. Uh, we see that the gospel should go to really absolutely every ethnic group in the world, right? To any zip code, as mm-hmm. we say today. Uh, so I see this as being an event laying the foundation for this transition. And this transition was very hard to happen. Uh, it did not happen in Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. uh, the Lord had to send them the persecution in Acts chapter 8 until they left Jerusalem. And they were received into Gentiles' homes. And they started preaching the gospel. And later in Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11, when the apostle Peter preached the gospel to uh, a Roman soldier. So what does this passage, how does it speak to us today? And what are we going to do about it? For me, as I'm reading this, I I think I need to go back and look at my prejudices, Mm -hmm. uh, put myself in the disciple's shoes in this area. What, how do I look at those around me? You know, we've talked in the past about taking Jesus' yoke and his burden upon us in previous episodes. And uh, part of that is, is going out in the harvest. And, and this is not just in the harvest of the church. We're not trying to win people from within the church. We're trying to share Jesus with everyone around. Mm-hmm. And, and so taking time to sit at, and examine my life and find out how am I putting barriers up that are stopping me from sharing Jesus with others. Um, and, and I think that's what I'm going to do about it, is spend some more time reflecting. You express my thoughts very well. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Jesus who came to challenge our thoughts and our thinking. And I pray that as we take time to reflect on our lives, you will make aware to us areas where we have blind spots to the needs of those around us. Amen. Areas in our life where we are putting up barriers that would stop people from coming to Jesus. I pray, Father, that we will be more like you and we will search for people ready to hear the good news no matter who they are or where they are. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.